Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the State of Play podcast, episode 113. We are back once again, little middle to the end of the week here. This episode is going to be releasing on a Friday morning as we're recording Thursday night. Myself and Mr. Matt Santangelo is with me, and we have a special guest. But first, Matt, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. You, you, you got a new, new job, getting ramped up there, trying to keep tabs on what's going on in the world of football. But um, the podcast goes on. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is your first one, really, since, like, we kind of – it was like a mini reboot. We just took some time off. Um, obviously, yeah. it was myself and Barisha because I started mm-hmm. a new job. Pat has the new job at Copa. You have your job. But – you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same. And what I mean by that is a recurring guest in Roberto Rojas from Low Limit Football and NBC Sports. So little new title there, Roberto, for yourself, um, getting situated. We were just talking about your job prior to hitting record. So how are you doing, man? I am good, Martina. I'm good. It's, it's nice to hear the new title, actually, for once. Uh, it's always been uh, very much accustomed to doing stuff at BN Sports, but obviously I've jumped ship and moved to NBC. And yeah, no, I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's been a while since I've been on doing a lot of these podcasts. I haven't really done much uh, besides my own. And yeah. as you know, you both have been guests on our on my podcast, Little Bit Football, and you know, I really appreciate that as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. It's 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 uh it's always been quite interesting to to be situated in a company where now you're focused on one league and completely focused. But I, I made it a point to you know obviously spread myself out and not let that get to my head and obviously follow what's going on in the other leagues around the world. And yeah, I'm happy to to really uh, dive in into this chat that we're going to be having tonight. Yeah, well, most of this episode, like all State of Play episodes, is not focused on one league. So we're going to get around a little bit, and um, when we do, we will uh, keep you entertained, hopefully. All right, so obviously the biggest story of the week, aside from some of the Manchester United stuff that we've already covered last episode with Pet, and check that out if you have not listened to that already, is the Ballon d'Or. Leo Messi wins his seventh. Robert Lewandowski, still not a Ballon d'Or winner, unfortunately, Matt. Um, listen, the whole 2020 thing, we really won't get into that discussion. We've discussed that I don't know how many times, whether it's podcasts, whether it's Twitter conversations, whether it's what WhatsApp conversations or even simply text messages. It, it is what it is at this point, and there's really nothing else left to say. He should have been given the award. He hasn't been in France football standing there doing this. You know, I have nothing appropriate to say about it, so I'll just end it there. Um, so, yeah, Messi wins this one. This one, in my opinion, was definitely closer than what would have been the 2020 Ballon d'Or. But I still think Louis deserved this one. I think he, he, he definitely has shown enough quality, especially – how great he was in all these competitions, how how solid he was for Poland, even though people like to attack him all the time for his international play, which I always find ridiculous, um, especially for a lot of players. And then on top of it, Matt, um, setting Bundesliga records that have not been broken in decades. And he does that. And, you know, even then, like we see him and he was visibly frustrated. And, and you could see it on his face. Like he was really disappointed in it. The striker of the year award 
felt more like a slap in the face than it did in an award mm-hmm. because it was the first ever time that they had it. They didn't have a midfielder of the year. They didn't have defender of the year. They did have the goalkeeper of the year. So a couple slaps into the face of Max Santangelo at this award ceremony because mm-hmm. one was Gigi Donnarumma and obviously you are part Polish. So Louis not winning. What are your thoughts? And then Roberto, feel free to hop in after Matt. It's surely disappointed, right? I think, you know, we, we talked about last year and the, the award that didn't go play out, right? Obviously, uh, their reasoning was, well, some of these leagues wrapped up, they missed time. So we, it's hard to say that Lewandowski would have won the award, which we all know he would have given the fact that he had another monster year um, scoring-wise. Bayern Munich, um, that was the treble that they achieved. So you, when you compile all of that, it's pretty cl- quite clear that he would have won the award last year. Um, of course, we go into this year, and I'm not going to say that I'm uh, in disagreement that Messi won because you know we're, we're Messi guys, right? I think I think all three of us are. If we have to pick a camp, Messi or Ronaldo. I was Pet on a on a certain day. Yeah, I mean, I, I know <laughs> Pet. He's 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 Ronaldo, but and that's fine. But I think most of for the most part, three probably are in agreement that like Messi is just a little different breed, right? Um, so he he had the goals. Um, I know Barcelona have been in turmoil. They weren't the same team last year. Atletico Madrid won the title, so he didn't really have that to hang his hat on. He won this award when once Argentina won the Copa America. That was the the the, the ever evasive trophy, the international at the international level that he's never had. So the moment he lifted that trophy, you kind of got a sense like Messi, Messi tax and the Messi camp, he's going to get that bump. And sure enough, he did, right? You know, Messi wins, Lewandowski second, and Jorginho third. Hmm. Um, I'm not, it's not necessarily me disappointed or in disagreement that Messi won. It's more so in disappointment the fact that I know Lewandowski is getting older um, yeah. and it's going to be difficult to maintain this sort of uh, level of performance not saying he won't but you kind of get a sense that like is Mbappe is it going to be Haaland is it going to be somebody else preventing Lewandowski from eventually winning this award or maybe it's Messi again um, and I think that's kind of what it, boils, it, what it boils down to is mm. in in this era right because I think today's the day that Kaká won um, what 13 years ago 14 years ago today yeah today there's only been two different winners of, or one different winner of the Ballon d'Or that's not named Messi or Ronaldo and it was Modric. Mm-hmm. And even people agree that that shouldn't have happened. Yep. So it's, it kind of comes with the territory of playing in the same generation of Ronaldo and Messi. It's like, even when you're ex- exceptional, you just come up short. And that's really what it boils down to. I mean, But that, isn't that what makes him the greatest though to me? Like that's, you know what I'm saying? Like if there's ever another person that you just like lose to yeah. him, you say like, bro like i don't even know what to say like roberto you've mentioned this as well like first international trophy for argentina in in nearly 30 years and on top of it people i i try and tell people this he was absolutely unbelievable for barca in 2021 like by far the best player in la liga and the best player in any top five league for league play sends sans louis right like besides Lewandowski, and and to me it's just really funny because when people try and prop up Ronaldo and what he did at Juve for weaker Juve teams for the first time in years, that's the same for Barcelona. Look at them right now. Look at what they're doing. Look at them without him. And we've said that. And, and I think 
it's kind of unfortunate for Louis. I, I, I really do because now, because if he keeps this up for the rest of this season, right, guys, and he rightfully wins the next Ballon d'Or, which I think is very possible considering where Dortmund is at with Holland and, and some of these other teams and players have been missing, like Ronaldo's probably not getting in unless they win a major trophy. They're not winning the, the league title. The Champions League is probably not going to happen, right? Bayern's going to be in the mix for multiple trophies where we could have sat here and said that Louis could have had three Ballon d'Ors. I think that's what hurts the most for that legacy because the guys who have three Ballon d'Ors that would rank tied for third all time. That's just behind Cristiano and Messi. That's different gravy. That's different territory to be in. And I think the last striker to do that was um, Marco Van Basten. So again, the award was a little different back then, but Roberto, um, what are your kind of thoughts of this whole thing? Um, is Louis just wrong place, wrong time, I guess, or, or. I mean, yeah. I mean, going back to the to the point, I agree. I, I think Lewandowski should have at least got something from last year. Um, I think he was hands down the best player of 2020. And, you know, even in 2021, I mean, the, the debate comes. I mean, what are we really looking at when it comes to rating a Ballon d'Or? I think the guidelines are as simple. It's like the the effectiveness and how important you have been for your team during that year. Um, you know, how how your reputation is as well just or some career or something or like something along those lines but anyway yeah I think that's really it I mean I think that really is it for for someone like Lionel Messi you know I think that Copa America even when we said it even when it happened I think when when that tournament was over we were we, we were talking kind of, yeah we, we were it. saying that yeah <laughs> we, we basically said that yeah this is going to be his and lo and behold it happened um I think for Lewandowski yeah I, I mean look at how many players that we have been blessed to see Sands, Ronaldo and Messi, who were just so close of being one of the best in the world. And they just unfortunately weren't able to be named. And I think it, it's just a testament. And, you know, we can make all the debates that we want saying, Oh, Messi's the greatest of all time and all that kind of stuff. I mean, come on, think about it, guys. Think about it. You guys are of my age group. You're, you're a bit more <laughs> older than I am, but I don't want to call you guys <laughs> old or anything, but Messi won, his, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Messi won his first Ballon d'Or at, 21 22 and now he's 34 winning his seventh I mean that's incredible consistency I mean when you look at when you look at one of the best of all time you know I look at consistency and you can't get better consistency than being the best not even at your prime yet and then again when you're at the twilight of your career and that's only adding into everything else that happened in between twilight of the careers like career seasons for legends What's Legend. that? Exactly. What's, what's what's that phrase? It, it's it's one thing to get to the top; it's another to stay there. And yeah. he yeah. stayed there, and that's that's longevity, and that's something I try and harp on in many conversations. I know me and Martino get go get into conversations with people on Twitter, YouTube, Mar- Roberto. Maybe not as intense, but um, no one is intense as me, bro. <laughs> there's, yeah, 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 yeah. Martino attracts the trolls, man. He attracts the, the real wild ones. But uh, there's just people that you know that want to throw around the world class want to throw around the once in a generation type thing and it's like yeah it's you can do it for a season you can do it maybe for a season and a half you mm. know everyone's saying pato was going to be generational balotelli was, we've seen these sorts of performances over a couple seasons injuries and spiraling out even brazilian ronaldo as well being able to be that good for that long of a time and not skip a beat is impressive. Longevity matters in sports when you're talking about these specific awards. 
And the same thing can go for Lewandowski, even though he didn't win the Ballon d'Or. I mean, this guy scored, what, uh, over 40 goals a season ever since he joined I mean, he's literally, he's literally been a top two or three striker since, you know, considered by the world a top two to three striker since that four-goal game against Real Madrid, right? Like, exactly. that, he's yeah. been in that conversation since that day, the game. And the fact that he's still at the top and probably in his best ever form, you would imagine. Record-setting um, season, yes. <laughs> exactly. That's incredible. And he, what, he's, he's 33 as well? It's, Correct, yeah. It's remarkable. Which and is also I, crazy now because I just realized Messi's only a year older than Louis. Yeah. Jesus that, Christ. Well, I, I think that's the thing, too. I think we're seeing a lot of these athletes, even for you guys, obviously, being Elon yeah. fans. Look at Slatan. He's 40 years old and still scoring yeah. goals. And I think that is a testament for, you know, these remarkable world-class players who at that age are still killing it. And that's something that I think we have to see what this new generation of players are going to do. You know, your Hollands, your Mbappes, those type of players, your Vinicius. I mean, he's doing well at Real Madrid. But if they're able he's to too. really maintain their form for multiple seasons, then mm-hmm. that's what's going to separate them from the rest. You know, and for t- for this upcoming year, you said that maybe Lewandowski might be out there. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, we got a World Cup at the end. I mean, you know, obviously. Yeah, but like Let's I feel like is that even gonna is that even gonna be like counting for that? It's just like uh, it depends. Yeah, it depends just... who wins. It depends who wins. No, that's, just... that's another thing that's very yeah. difficult too, right? Because it's you know when when putting certain weight on international trophies, right? Well, it's is it Lewandowski's fault that Poland are a team that's very tournament to tournament. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes yeah. you know they had a great 2016 Euro, and then they go to the World Cup and they bow out of the group stage like is it are you gonna put that on him or but are you gonna put more stock into a player winning it right because Mohamed Salah you can make a case Mohamed Salah is right up there at the top as as far as what he's able to do for Liverpool but Egypt are never winning like an international like trophy of that stature they got an AFCON next month as well not to mention AFCON maybe but even then you're gonna have people that say well AFCON's not Copa it's not Europe it's not the World Cup which is which is Like, like bullshit which is bullshit. It's unfair. It's like, okay, that, that's geography. Like, that's where he's from. It's a, yeah, like, he chose to be born in Egypt. And the funnier thing is, too, Matt, and I, and I think I mentioned this in our State of Play WhatsApp group, and I, and I said it, and Roberto's going to agree with this, and I know it. The second a fucking common ball team goes in and knocks out a team from UEFA or goes to another region or makes a deep run in the World Cup tournament, what does that say about Copa America, then? Aren't those teams terrible? Aren't those all all those teams that everyone's talking about devaluing Copa America? Aren't they supposed to be shit? Aren't the guys from Afghan supposed to be terrible? Aren't they not supposed to be going deep into the knockout stages of the World Cup? Is it only UEFA that's supposed to be doing it? Because UEFA is the gold standard. No matter what, UEFA is the best. UEFA wins everything, right? You can't be good from anywhere else unless you play for club teams in UEFA. It's it's the beautiful double standard that these people have for these athletes and players. And the funnier thing is, too, now that I think about it, we're talking about Louis might miss the World Cup. Hell, Cristiano might miss the World Cup. Holland's not going to the World Cup. Salah, if he even goes there, does anything with Egypt. Like, you know, I, I think you guys raise a really good point about that. And it's just funny to me on how certain tournaments only matter when certain people win. And that's the funny thing to me. Mm-hmm. That really I mean, it is. works, both, but it works both ways as well. I mean, you know, obviously, I think. Yes, Martino, I think Messi was one of the best last season with Barcelona in terms of, and what really was not a good Barcelona side, you know, that Terrible. really were, yeah, yeah, one of the worst in its, uh, in its history. And they still 
Messi was still putting up great numbers. And, you know, I, I think for a Copa America win like that, and, and especially because, you know, the pressure that comes in, you know, the fact that he's been to so many finals. And, you know, I, I think because of the way that he did it, why can you not put that recognition to him? It just doesn't make sense that you would have to discredit it. Think and about he, it. And he, and he literally a, dominated that tournament, Roberto. And you Copa and I both America, saw it. Exactly. A Copa America win for the first time in like 30 years against a side that has never lost it at home in one of the, which is the most against the most successful team in international football's history. So yeah, not, just, as not want. just that, not just that conference, the whole sport, the whole, exactly. the entire sport, the team that has the most world cups, Argentina has two. More Literally than the gold standard. You talk about UEFA being the gold standard. This is the gold standard team. Yeah. And also, and, and there's a bunch of other good points. And I don't want to harp on Copa America for too long. And Matt, uh, I actually discussed this with a friend of ours. I'll, I'll say it after. I, I don't want to mention his name on here because I don't know if you would prefer if I did that. But um, anyways, the point was this. It's like each tournament and conference has its own difficulties for many reasons. Copa America, Roberto, obviously, you know way better than I do. But the, the physicality in that tournament is insane. The amount that you get hit and, and nothing happens is, is bananas. Like it's, it's literally like it would be red cards, two to three red cards a game in Europe if they did what they did in Copa America. And on top of it, the environments are tough. There's other, you know, external factors that you can't control. To me, I think ripping people for the place that they were born in and the tournaments that they have to play in and the countries that they have to play for has always been stupid to me. And I think it's been overvalued in a sense, depending upon the situation, because it's always going to be circumstantial with this stuff. And to be quite honest with you, it's just silly. But again, if, if Leo Messi, like there's a real path for number eight, honestly, the more and more I think about it. I think, yeah. I think, I think the world cup is really what's at it, but you know, there's always going to be, it's, we have to see. What I mean, the, the, the world, the world cup, the world cup isn't even about, in my opinion, it's not even about like Ballon d'Or at that point. It's cementing the legacy as the greatest ever. Like that, like that's it. What do you have on the guy then? I mean, there's nothing. Martino and Matt, you guys are both know very well that that debate's not going to end. There's still going to be someone that's going to say otherwise about someone else. They're going to they're going to try they're going to they're going to try to say that a Euro Championship for Ronaldo is the same as Copa. Finish, finishing finishing nominations league already. They're gonna, I mean, you got people. Same as the World Cup. They said Ronaldo, I mean, hey, he just scored his 800 goals. I mean, they're going to say, oh, greatest goal scorer ever. How can you not say he's the greatest ever? I was like. Well, I mean, you and I have this. I'm, I'm not going to do this messy thing. I, Pet's going to stab his ears if he keeps listening to this. So we're going to have to move on. But again, it shows how long this topic could be. And we're like, yeah, yeah let's not spend too much time on that. Um, where do we want to head to next? Um, the topic that we wanted to fill in last second, or did we want to head to um, England? You tell I think me. it's a good transition. We talked a little bit about, you know, Copa America and like South American teams. So I think, you know, given the fact that he's from a South uh, American background. Also, also similar name to the guy we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. Is um, Matt wanted to get this in because, you know, big Milan guy here. Um, and, and I think it, I think the story is amazing. And almost every single time. And he's even mentioned this yesterday. So anyways, it's Junior Macias. We saw what happened against Atletico Madrid, getting Milan's first win in the Champions League since 2013, um, beating Atleti away, which was the place that they were last eliminated at to keep their Champions League knockout stage hopes alive. Uh, And yesterday, scores another goal, two-headed goals, the age of 30 for um, AC Milan. I mean, Matt, you could tell the whole path 
of this because it's just I wouldn't be able to do it justice like you do. Yeah, so I mean, it, it basically, in sh- in short, is that this this guy didn't follow the prototypical path to where he's at right now, right? You mean playing for a prestigious club like Milan? Um, it takes something special, right? We all we all know that. Uh, but ten years ago, he was. You know, in northern Italy, I think it was in Turin, um, trying to trying to provide for his wife and two sons, um, you know, and working as predominantly, at the, you know, delivering fridges, playing, you know, you know, amateur at the amateur level. And basically, uh, up until a couple of years ago, age 27, 28, he was playing semi-pro in Italy, like semi-pro. I'm not ta- talking Serie B. I'm not talking like... Bot, you know, a team like a uh, you know Venezia. I'm talking like semi-pro, like barely playing <laughs> in relevant football terms in in Italy. Goes to Crotone, plays pretty well, and then gets a surprise move to Milan this past summer at the age of 30. Now, this is Milan. This is a team that's in the Champions League. This is a team that's building a young project. So for them to go after a 30-year-old journeyman. With this sort of story, with really not a a big backlog of success, to him, for him to be on this stage, to come into this situation, really with pretty much not many people in his corner, like they could they they assume he's a nice guy, but as far as backing him to be a, like a producer, this was this was a you know a, a flyer and finally fit. Now he's playing games because we all know that Milan struggle with some some wing play. Yeah, and he's making an impact, as you mentioned. He gets on his first Champions League goal. That's a that's cha- a champ Champions League for AC Milan against Atletico Madrid. In Madrid, he comes on and scores the winner. I think he only played about ten to fifteen minutes in that game. He came on very late yesterday, or two days ago at the time of recording here. He scores two goals away to Genoa, mm-hmm. and. Now people are thinking like now people are on this guy's side and you can you can get a sense from his words, guys. He's like a humble hero. Like he knows his journey. He knows it wasn't easy. He knows not to get a big head and to let this kind of be the the moment that defines him. Hardworking, humble. And this is the type of story, guys, that, you know, we love to see as sports fans, not just football fans, sports fans like. It's it's easy when a guy can, comes to the academy, he plays really well, and he becomes a star, and he's once in a generation. It's great. It's great to see. We love good football. But it's another when it's the true underdog story of persistence. Like people can relate to that. We all, all us three can relate to that. Like like way. like like just to put some perspective into people, I'm 26. So if I were to come in March, right when my birthday is when I turn 27, is when. I would like, think about that. That would be the trajectory. If I started in March and I ended up at Milan at that time, like, like, can you believe that? Like, that's, I I would just be like who I am right now. Just a regular person end up doing something like that. That's fucking insane. It's it's unbelievable. That's, that never happens. That doesn't happen in any sport, let alone you get to a top league. Like Crotone is an unbelievable accomplishment to begin with. Like you get to that level. Roberto knows it. Like, how many times do we hear and see has-beens, right, with sports? I blew out my knee. I could have been somebody one day. I could have been a contender, Marlon Brando quote. Um, but still, like, that's that just does not happen. And it does not happen when you go and contribute on a team that has Zlatan Ibrahimovic, where it has, like, you know, like other other guys that are 
really, really good and some of the most young, talented players in the world. And look here no you further are. Than, look no further than Jamie Vardy as the other. Example. I mean, Vardy, yeah. Vardy is Vardy is like the most special thing. And and you know what would put an even bigger capper on it too? Because now we kind of forget who Vardy's journeys was to an extent, right? Because of his accomplishments and how great he's been. And that's, I think, what kind of Junior Macias's quotes were yesterday. Like, I think everyone understands my journey now. What I'm here to do is contribute to the team and win something. If the guy wins something, and I was thinking about this last night, say, like, even a Coppa Italia, say, you know, I mean, listen, a Champions League, that's not in the conversation. But say they win the league title, right? Kind of unlikely, but if it does happen, it's, it's amazing. That guy is a key contributor to Milan's first title unbelievable to tie on inter like that is we're talking about if you're an american sports fan over here listening we're talking about a guy coming off the streets playing for like the lakers of italy and they go and win their title like lebron just did like that's it's 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 so hard and and it's one of those things that we see him play every few days but that journey from day in day out year in year out you know leaving your family to go and go to italy just for loading fridges that fridges and and that's and that's and that's the one thing too right like i think at the moment like people we we all try and talk about yes you know how at the end of the day it's a sport it's a it's also a business with it being a sport how's this guy going to impact my team is he going to be able to help put us over the edge are we going to be able to win trophies with them are we going to be able to reach our objectives? What can we accomplish with him? And are we better with him? But I think if you just break it down to more and put it more on more simpler human terms, knowing his story, he already won. He already won when he was able to put on that Milan shirt. Like that, imagine going, saying, hey, Paolo Maldini, because I spoke to someone at the club in the buildup to their, their, their search for a winger. Mm-hmm. And even he was like, I don't, I don't get what they're going here with this move. To get that that nod and that vote of confidence from someone like Paolo Maldini that says, I think you're good enough to play for the club that I want everything at. That's huge. We saw it with Teo Hernandez. We saw it with many others. And it's just, it, it gives you a little bit of extra confidence and motivation to say, like, you know, I am good enough for this team. And you play with a chip on your shoulder. You're out to prove people wrong. And I think that's what he even said in his quotes where – you know, as you know, there was a lot of people that were skeptical of my arrival. They didn't think I maybe could do this or do that. You know, I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. So for him to just throw on that shirt to have these sort of moments, it must be a, a, a joy ride for him. So, so big shout out to him. And I think it's a, a great story that, that, that people listening who are not familiar with should be following um, going forward. Mm. Yeah. So we want to harp on that topic for too much longer. Roberto. We mentioned trolls earlier in the show, and, and sometimes we have people, you know, attack myself, attack Matt, grown men, really sad. But a team that you have covered loosely, I guess you could say, in recent years because of, you know, being a great journalist like yourself with the Miguel Almiron move, um, Newcastle. Man, they suck. They suck ass. Uh, like, honestly, <laughs> it's it's got to be depleting for a lot of the fans to you know because because you know that something is great around the corner but the now is so bleak and there hasn't been any like real changes um in play in results 
and Newcastle is struggling at the moment. But we're sitting here on December 2nd at 7.30 in the evening, Roberto. So what the hell is going to happen in Newcastle? And what's going to happen next month? And what do you think of, you know, that situation? Yeah, I mean, you kind of put it bluntly, uh, probably in the most brutal way possible. I mean, <laughs> when you're the only team in the top four divisions of, of English football to have not won a single game yet, and you're in the Premier League. You said I was blunt? Really bad. That was more blunt than No, I no, but I wanted to <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. make this a bit more, right, this a bit yeah. more sophisticated in a way. Not to say they <laughs> suck. Yeah, you're good. Um, you're good. But yeah, it's 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 really been frustrating. And and, and here's the thing. Yeah, I think that kind of obviously new ownership was great for them. I think, you know, you could talk about whatever you have to talk about behind the scenes, but you know, the fact that they got rid of an owner like Mike Ashley, who has really hindered this side so much, I think the effects of that has just been still on this team for quite some time. That, you know, again an ownership change is not going to change it in a split second, especially, you know, obviously since they can't sign anyone during that time period. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to have to pick up something and, and they have to pick up something fast. I mean, they got a manager like Eddie Howe, who, you know, many people really didn't believe in at first. They were looking at, play, at people like Gunai Emery, I think even uh, Fonseca as well was one of, one of the uh, managers that was rumored. Obviously you guys know them first time yeah. at Roma. So it feels as if though, this is a side that I think, needs a huge overhaul. And I think the only way that that overhaul is going to happen is going to be in the summer, regardless of what happens. Mm. I think I see a side that are still stuck in the Steve Bruce kind of mentality. I mean, a lot of these players are obviously from the Steve Bruce era before that, even from Rafa Benitez. And I think it would have to be really much a a productive summer and winter. And I think they only get, well, like, 25 or 30 million that they could spend during that time period, maybe a bit more. I don't know, but they will be able to spend. The question will be, what will they will spend on? They definitely have to spend on a good defense. You know, I, I think we, I don't know if you guys have watched a lot of Newcastle so far this season, but I think the defense has really been their, their biggest liability and, and something that has really been hindering them a lot. Like mm-hmm. you still have the effective players like Callum Wilson, you have Allen St. Maximum, who I think has been the flashiest player on that side oh, and yeah. kind of the only hope that the team has. And, you know, I, depending on how Newcastle end the season, I think this is the guy that might even leave at the end. And I wouldn't blame him to be, to be fair. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a real mess. I think certainly the fact that you haven't won so many, this any game at all in, in, now December is really troubling. It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks after the appointment as well. How. Basically, yeah. And, you know, especially didn't help them that they didn't beat the sides that were right below them, like Norwich the other day. They got Burnley, I think, on the weekend, which is another side in the in the relegation mm. zone. And it's like, okay, if you're not going to take advantage of, of getting maximum points on these games, when the hell are you going to do it? Yeah. Because, as, you know, there's other teams that are getting stronger. Other teams are trying to fight to not get relegated. When you keep losing games, it's only going to create bigger distance between everyone else. So I think my closing thoughts are that they have to hope for a a decent winter where they can find decent players to fix their positions and, and allow that Eddie, someone like Eddie Howe is able to get what needs to be drilled into these players. Because I think it, I don't think it's a manager. I think it's harsh to really blame it on the manager, especially mm-hmm. when you're not using the team that you're using, getting the players that you don't want. Um, I can get that. So it's really up to the players at this point. And I think just because they're still stuck in the Steve Bruce type of thing, they're going to have to change it quickly. Because if not, I could really see relegation. Yeah. I'm really, mean, really hopeful for them. I mean, 
a lot of these players' jobs were on the line prior um, to like kind of the debacle that they were having in the league because, you know, more money with these new owners that they're going to be purchasing better players. And you have to look over your shoulder for that. Even if there are pretty talented players on this team, right? I mean, listen, we've seen it. You cover some of them. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Burnley on the weekend. Um, On the fourth, then you have Leicester, Liverpool, City, United. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so fucking bad. Start praying. Start praying. That's <laughs> and then you have Everton, and I mean it kinda gets a little bit easier come January, and then you get those reinforcements and I mean it is the Premier League too. I mean you do get those weird exactly. results every so often. So I wouldn't be surprised if they actually get a win over one of these sides where they're not expected to. Okay, not like a Liverpool Bro, City three, or they, they play Liverpool, City, United. Yeah, Bro, that's no. horrible. That's horrible. I don't, <laughs> it's not impossible, but... And Leicester prior to Liverpool. <laughs> so, and Leicester... We'll who there's knows? Always, there's always Leicester? one... Yeah, there's always one game where they catch a, a bad day. Leicester's a very game. awkward situation. You never know. Um, but, again... Still, yeah. So I know I don't know. Again, Newcastle. We talked about it with Elijah Newsom on this podcast. By the way, good friend of all ours. Um, he was kind of mentioning it. Like this is, it's going to take time. And, and the only thing that you can kind of hope for now is like just stay up. It doesn't matter what place in the table you're in. Just stay up, because the selling point for Newcastle is going to be tough to begin with. But it's a little bit easier with money. But it's even tougher when you're in the championship with money, because at that point, it's like, who are you trying to convince to join you if you're in the championship? And not, that's not just, to mention how harsh it is over there as well. It's yeah, really it, when you it, about it. It, it is. It's, it's, I don't even know if it's an argument anymore, but it's regarded as the second, the, the best second division in the world. Yep. Um, you, even on par with probably the not not the big european leagues but maybe like right there like this the third tier of it or something. like yeah i mean like how much better is the austrian league as a whole maybe exactly. i mean salzburg is is just fantastic but again um not to rip on them but yeah i mean listen i think matt goal for newcastle you would say is just stay the hell up and hope you know things can turn around come summertime with some purchases and a managerial hire because Eddie Howe just ain't it. No offense to him. And um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> for, you, you left me speechless here, guys. Um, yeah, no, no, I think, I think with Newcastle, I think you're bang on. And this is a conversation I think me and Pet had too um, in the episode we did with Ali Martino, where we were talking about Newcastle and um, in their managerial search. And I think it's, it's, the mission is just stay up, stay up, be able to sell, live to fight another day, be able to sell that next crop, that next tier, that, that next grade of talent come summertime. This is, hey, we got an ambitious project. We, we're, we're playing in the Premier League. It becomes a little bit easier to stomach and sell to a prospective player. Um, as, you, as you would agree, a championship, not, not, not trying to you know, downplay its, its competitiveness and everything like that, but people want the main they want the main stage they want the premier league they want la liga they they want a top tier league so if you can stay up weather the storm um mm-hmm. it's very difficult though right because i think you don't want to leave it down to chance so in a strange way you almost rather see what newcastle's made of now and have these matches now versus having to scratch and claw at the very tail end of the season and have this sort of difficult road so 
it's going to be interesting to see, but I think you ultimately by the come next year, come mm-hmm. January, we're going to know what their fate is to, to an extent. Yeah. So best of luck to Arsenal, Elisha. Um, hopefully the trolls don't come for Roberto. Arsenal. Something... Arsenal. Huh? You said Arsenal. <laughs> Did I say Arsenal? Shit. You said Arsenal. <laughs> you said Arsenal. I'm like reading. Like I was reading. Yeah, no, I was reading some something on the side. I have the two monitors. My bad. I apologize. Yeah. Um. Jeez. Well, we're just gonna move on from that. We're not gonna cut that out. That's fine. Who cares? Um. Yeah. Final topic of the day: MLS playoffs. Um. Chaotic. I could say absolutely. Shithousery. Um. Entertaining football, but not the best. Pretty much sums up MLS. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I only caught New England Revolution versus NYCFC was on the other night. I bet on the shootout, I lost. Um, so that's not great either. <laughs> I will say this: New England Revolution were, were setting records, Roberto, for points during the regular season. They get into the playoffs. They host this game. Castellanos, I, I believe, um, is his last name for NYC. Yeah, Valentin Castellanos. Yep. Castellanos, I did get the last name right. Woohoo, make up for the Arsenal playoff. Um, so, yeah, like, listen, you get sent off as a red card. You're the leading goal scorer for your team. You're going to be suspended against Philadelphia come Sunday. Does NYC, one, have enough? And two, how big of a failure was that by the New England Revolution and Bruce Arena? Well, for the former, and I think it's going to be a tight game. I think the Union have really had quite a, a really great year, you would say, under Jim Curtin. I mean, you know, they made it all the way to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. And, you know, I think finishing second in MLS is is very decent. I think when you really have the, the really the best sides there and, you know, I think it's going to be difficult for NYCFC. I think obviously playing away from home is never easy for any team in MLS. And I think the home yeah. advantage there might indeed be a factor, but I think I really see a tight game and I'm really, really liking this NYCFC side. I think defeating the top seed, you know, being Atlanta United, beating New England Revolution, you know, two good sides on their own, I think is, is a good achievement. I think, you know, this is a team that likes to score goals and, and I think, you know, going into the, to New England Revolution. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think when you are the best team in MLS and you fail to win it, I think is, is a, is really just a, a disaster for any team you know i think the yeah. revolution had really a good year i mean obviously you guys saw it not just uh in this season but also obviously in the gold cup how good someone like matt turner is at the goal mm-hmm. i think um yeah special shout out for him because he's in he's Dijon, from new jersey Dijon. he also Dijon. went to went to school in connecticut as well so oh where did he go to him. school uh fairfield you went to fairfield oh we went U. to fairfield there you go yeah matt exactly. conference from, baby <laughs> and he's from park ridge new jersey um so yeah i think he's i, I think he's really a I think they really are in a situation where, you know, they still have good players. They still have someone like Gustavo Bo that is really good. Carlos Gil as well, uh, former Valencia and Aston Villa player. So I, I think they, they can really go for it next year, but it depends on who they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the other game, Portland Timbers and, and Real Salt Lake, yeah, I mean, I think Portland are, are doing a good job under uh, Giovanni Savarese. I didn't know they were unlucky to not win it beforehand. I, I think they definitely want to get something. You know, the fact that they you know, haven't won it yet and only made it as a runners-up in 2018. I think they really want that title. And they keep an eye on Salt Lake. Girl Salt Lake are, are really looking kind of that kind of um, 
I would say sleeper team, you know, beating the Sounders, beating Sporting KC, you know, obviously the lowest seed in the entire MLS Cup playoffs. I think we're in for a really interesting two finals, guys. And I think I think what we will see from this MLS Cup is, is going to be a tasty one. It could be an underdog. It could be within the favors as well. I, I think it's just, it's so open that, and you, you know this because obviously MLS is such a, a chaotic league that is so open these days. Anything goes. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for these games and obviously for the cup um, final that happens uh, on the 11th. Yeah, I uh, honestly, like it re- kind of really sucked me in um, with that. So I, I got to be quite honest with you. And, you know, it would be funny, again, real trend that we see with, um, you know, cities and sports championships is, you know, everyone's like Atlanta won nothing. Toronto's never won anything. Toronto FC wins uh, the MLS Cup. And you see the Raptors win, right? And then Atlanta United wins one. And they're like, ah, they don't really count. And then the Braves win the World Series. What if it's NYCFC winning the MLS Cup? And then who knows who wins after New York? And maybe we'll get uh, millions of people to shut the fuck up for once and stop whining about their teams, um, a.k.a. me. So with that, who do you think wins, Roberto? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, yeah, bro. Come on. There's four teams left. Just pick one. <laughs> I like the union. I really do like the union. I think they really have a good side. I think they've really done great this team. year. I think, I think the union have a really decent shot at, at winning it. I won't pick Philly. I'm going to stick with New York, probably because I haven't seen too much of the other teams. Oh, that's not, is that just biased or is it? <laughs> um, yeah, but I also hate Philly with a passion. Philly sports in general. Um, good luck to KD, though, because that KD owns a stake in the Philadelphia Union. So I guess shout out to him. Um, Matt. Do you have a pick? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the Northeast. Well, then okay, I can't say that because yeah, that's obviously that that's the too. Same um, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go NYCFC. They're gonna okay. be the first. They're gonna be yeah. They're gonna they're gonna win the uh, they're gonna win the cup and they're actually gonna be the what? They're probably the only team to win it playing in a football the baseball stadium. So um, it's it'll be, it'll be nice, right? I guess it'll be it'll it'll be nice to see something like that, some action on the baseball field with, of course, the lockout happening right now. So someone's got to put the field to use. It'll be the second championship at Yankee Stadium since it opened in two thousand. Yeah. Um, so imagine that the soccer team and the New York Yankees have the same amount of trophies since the stadium opened. I know Matt loves that. That's why I said it out loud. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Roberto. Let the good people know where they could find you and your work and follow you. Uh, yeah, no, thank you guys for having me again. It was a real blast. And as always, you can follow me at Roberto Rojas 97 on Twitter. Obviously, you can guys can also follow my podcast, Little Football, as we always do every week with Joe, my co-host Joe Ucello. Yep, that's right. Great guy. That's right. And obviously, my other side podcast called What I Need Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguay football in English. Make sure to follow that as well as we got a lot of stuff going on there. And yeah, no, it was, it was real fun. It was definitely so long since I've been able to speak to both of you guys. I know we both, you know, obviously talk a lot on like spaces and DMs and whatnot. But yeah, it was nice to to bounce around the world and, and chat about the sport that we love. Oh yeah. Santangelo, go for it. At Matt underscore Santangelo got some work coming out for football Italia, hopefully getting some things published on the 90 men site, which I just recently announced. So um, look out for some more content. And Woo-hoo. of course, uh, as always, thanks for, uh, for uh, supporting. Yep. 
Santangelo does great work as always. Happy that you're finally starting to write with 90 Men because I know you've been talking about that for a while. And obviously we are part of the 90 Men Network um, as usual. Shout out to Harry, um, great guy. Um, and obviously Barisha, you can go follow him at P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A, of course. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just like even the letters he says have an accent on them it's unbelievable you british people you crack me up um yeah so anyways if you want to go follow me you can go follow me on twitter at martino puccio obviously working with 137 p.m now is basically where i've been at for a ton of football soccer stuff whatever the fuck you want to call it at the end of the day um we do curse sometimes too so it's not bad it's it's a little uh similar uh pace because gary v is um, yeah you're your employer here yeah your boss is yeah gary v, so I mean, I dude, yeah you know, you know how like great it is for me to not have that hovering over my back too and like my parents are like you're always cursing and stuff i was like well who the fuck cares because just get over it um but also at the at the same time it's been it's been a lot of fun um working doing a lot of stuff at the spaces that roberto mentioned we just wrapped up an interview speaking of mls with bradley wright phillips it was really great he spoke candidly about um some of the stuff regarding MLS and the league structure and a bunch of other stuff. That's the only thing I'll tease the five minute video of him answering 12 questions. And in case you don't know who Bradley Wright Phillips is, if you're all the way listening in the UK, he used to play for the New York Red Bulls over here in MLS and his father. Some of you might know Ian Wright, pretty big name. Um, So yeah, um, tune into that. If you have not already go follow all those accounts, obviously follow us at state of play pod on Twitter as well. We got some flack yesterday from some troll rat. Not nice, man. Bro. Um, I know you're listening to the episode since you're so obsessed with us. Um, anything else, Matt? Did I miss anything? Because I'm about to cough and I need you to take it away. No, I, uh, I think that's it. And I, I once again want to thank Roberto for coming on. I think it's like your fourth appearance, maybe fifth. I don't know, but I some, think you're the most. Something like that. Most, so, at least, I think at you're least the most on one ca- hand. Do you want to know? Most, I, <laughs> I think you're the most capped SOP guest. He is. And you know what the funny thing is? We didn't get one upload of Copa America because it was just like a weird thing that we did. We did a preview of it. But the funniest thing was today, because I cleaned out my my computer and everything like that. And we'll wrap this up real quick. I was like looking at past episodes that I saved on external hard drives. Roberto was on episode 38 was Chipgate. So if you ever want to go back and listen to it, episode 38 (laughs) is Chipgate. Yo, like think about all those episodes. (laughs) That's insane. Episode 38, we're at 113. Has it really been that many weeks since that? That's insane. That really is. That was, yeah. Time flies, man. Time flies. Time does fly. We're getting old. Chips, we're getting old, guys. That's the bad part. <laughs> Roberto, you're still, you just turned like 21 the other week. I don't want to hear this. I turned 24 um, on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say your birthday's coming up right now. Yeah. <clears throat> um, dude, I can't stop. We're going to wrap up the podcast here because I'm going to keep uh, coughing. But yes, um, appreciate all of you that tune in and listen. The episodes will be coming back out regularly. Um, happy Hanukkah if you do celebrate if you're listening right now um and then also yeah that's pretty much it thanks subscribe support listen and we'll see you next time listen to some more game